0: A new threat report from McAfee Labs contends some of the latest cyber attacks, such as the one exposing credit card information of millions of target customers, employ off-the-shelf technology that's not highly sophisticated and exploits so-called crime-as-a-service offerings. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro, of Information Security Media Group, and to discuss the report, I'm pleased to be joined by Adam Wasatowski, McAfee's Labs message data architect, and one of the report's co-authors. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for having me. The report says the number of attacks against Target and other companies are unprecedented, but the cybercrime ecosystem supports the attacker's efforts by making access to malware easily attainable through cybercrime as a service. First, define cybercrime as a service and the environment it exists in.
1: Yeah, this is something that from the security researcher standpoint, we've been aware of and watching Crow over the years. Um, at first, it was something that you didn't really want to point out a whole lot just because of how easy it is to get some of these malicious tools in order to build stuff. You may have heard four or five years ago about botnets based on the Zeus package. Um, lots of them were kind of referred to as Zeus botnet. But in fact, the Zeus is not an actual botnet. It is more like an SDK. It's a programming library that allows people to You may not have a very sophisticated sense of how computers work, but they have enough to configure configuration files and things like that. By having these botnet building packages, you're basically able to pick the features that you want, the exploits that you're looking for, and the sort of data that you want to exfiltrate after you've gotten an infection, and you just set those up and say, build me my, my Trojan or build me my Downloader. These packages basically build those things for you Depending on the version you have, obviously, whatever the latest sorts of malware features out there, you know, some examples would be, you know, from the exploit standpoint, you know, you might click a button that says, I want to try and exploit Flash, or I want to exploit Microsoft Word. And from a, you know, a, down, a, a Trojan standpoint, it, you might say that I'm looking for, I want like a copy of every PDF somebody opens up, or every Word document, I'd like their address book, I'd like to be capable of taking full control of their machine if necessary, or maybe I'd like to install additional rootkits or malware and all this stuff is configurable within the SDK, You know, with very little real low-level knowledge, we're able to put these malwares out there. And on top of that, the health of the malware community is so strong that you can even pay for installs. So say you didn't even have a, a botnet or you didn't even have a way of infecting pe- people, you can say, I would like 1,000 installs of my uh, malicious program, and then people will be able to take that program, use their own botnet to put it out there, or people will uh, have infected web pages and they'll make a, use a downloader on that infected web page to try and install your Trojan. And this is simply the, the growth of this particular underground industry. You know, we're now seeing it in the point-of-sale attacks where for something that you would normally think is not nearly as common as, say, everybody's internet machine out there browsing the web, but the point-of-sale where people are scanning their credit cards and such in, in businesses, you have the same sort of ecosystem developing there where people have library packages where they're able to just download those and say, this is the kind of information that we'd like to exploit. This is what we'd like to exploit trait. Once you have that information, then you just have to turn it around and you know, sell it back on the black market. You know, people will pay for credit cards, people will pay for personal information, logs from your botnet, you know, anything that you want to put out there, there's probably somebody who wants to buy it. The nature of the underground is, is so much that it's very threatening at the moment for the average people.
0: If I heard you correctly, you could actually outsource some of the, uh, the attacks themselves?
1: Yeah. Say all of you would like to do is build a botnet or something like that. Then you can say, "I would like for you to give me 1,000 um, confirmed infections of this particular trojan, and I'll, you know, I'll pay you when I have those infections." Say that you're just a guy who likes to infect machines. Then you can say, "I would like to sell my infected machines because that's one of the things when every when all these infections are built on the same libraries, then other people who use those same libraries to manage their own botnets are able. You're, you can just transfer ownership of uh, an infected machine from one person to another. So if you happen to say, I've infected a machine that happens to be um, behind a corporate firewall, or I've infected uh, a government uh, machine somewhere, then somebody out there is going to say, I'd really like to have control of that government machine. I'm willing to pay you for it. And then you can just transfer ownership over to them.
0: So out there, there's a marketplace for this type of thing. and, and, And some of the people out there are actually making their money through managing the marketplace?
1: Yeah, because some people might like the might get a thrill out of one aspect of it. Other people might get a thrill out of another aspect of it. You might just get the thrill of, of watching these things occur. So maybe you set up a uh, some sort of a an underground bulletin board where these things can go on. It's a very healthy marketplace, unfortunately, and uh, we're hoping to call attention to it by pointing out the the ease of these point of sale attacks because it's something that requires just because of the nature of the internet being spread across geographical and political boundaries all over the place language barriers. It requires a lot of effort for the international police force to actually be able to deal with those particular problems.
0: Can you characterize how this marketplace today compared to what it was two years ago, five years ago?
1: Now we're seeing a lot more in things related to, um, like, the point-of-sale stuff. Android malware is obviously a big one. It, it definitely existed five years ago, but it wasn't necessarily used by just about everybody who has something to do with infecting people with uh, with malware. If you go back even farther than five years, you know, you may look at, like, you know, 15 years ago, whereas most infections were really, um, you know, some hacker who was just, like, playing around, and in a lot of cases, something escaped from his, his local network, or, you know, he put the, uh, the infection out there, but you catch those hackers and basically what they'd say is like, you know, you should take this as a as a good sign because you know, one day there's going to be organized crime associated with this stuff and people are like oh yeah, but you should have done it in the first place I mean, now it's all organized crime it's very well organized and there's enormous amount of money that exchanges hands like I said, you can even sell logs for your botnet, you know, if you have a botnet you're you're getting usernames and passwords, email addresses, address books, things like that, all of that stuff can be sold on the black market and it a lot of cases it gets washed and used in for, you know, quote unquote legitimate purposes. Like you might have an infection that steals a bunch of email addresses and then you sell those email addresses to kind of a, a few middleware vendors who are like, you know, I'm selling a bunch of email addresses who have already, uh, you know, accepted your ability to send us uh, them as much spam or as much advertising as you want because they we're partnering with them. And, you know, if it, it goes through a few layers like that and it becomes untraceable to the original point of infection. But now you have, entities which have these big email address books um, that have been stolen in the first place but they're using them to send advertising to.
0: They're sort of mirroring what's in the legitimate world in a sense of partnerships with different kinds of providers.
1: Yeah, the gray area has just grown massively wider. Like it used to be much easier to distinguish between legitimate things and the dark underworld. There's so much movement between them that you have what would be considered quote-unquote legitimate businesses, which you know that they're basically benefiting from infections and the the malware underground in terms of giving them the sort of information that they want to, to sell to other people.
0: Let me be clear, you're saying there could be some businesses that have legitimate offerings, but they're also doing some of this illegitimate stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah, this isn't necessarily something we go into in these, this particular thing, but yeah, you know, there's a big issue right now um, with uh, what's referred to as snowshoe spam or affiliate marketing, and that's where like a, a shady advertiser might go up to a big company and be like, you know, I have a list of email addresses that, are, you know, they're partnering with us. You are free to send them whatever, however much spam you want, and we'll just charge you for you know sending some emails, and then they'll basically blast out emails as fast as they possibly can until they get blacklisted, and then they'll move somewhere else the next day. This is causing a secondary problem. The, the internet is now from a, a, a real-time blacklist perspective where we're blocking IP addresses based on bad behavior. You're just leaving these scorched earths of blacklisted IP addresses, which you know, got blocked because of bad advertising. But then the, after those people get affected from the thing, they get sold to a mom and pop shop who just has no clue why their particular IP addresses are, are being blocked.
0: This is growing. Is there any way to stop this, or is this just something where organizations must be aware that this exists and just do their best to defend against it?
1: You know, it's, it's something that, you know, obviously there's a need for infiltration and police activity. So rather than just kind of monitoring the undergrounds, identifying who the, uh, the people who are running these uh, systems are, who the people who are running the programs, arrest them, take some legal action against them. You need to have a a multi-layered security approach and you need to have internal monitoring there's always this idea that, well, if I just have a good firewall, then I'm good. If I just have AV and a firewall, I'm good. If I just have an email protection system, AV and a firewall, I'm good. This kind of over time, you know, that's been proved wrong and wrong again is, you know, you need to have a sophisticated infrastructure of behavior sculpting detection tools. And if people fall outside those lines, you need to be able to examine what it is that they're doing and determine whether or not uh, it's a result of some sort of infection or a bad actor or uh, some sort of data exfiltration
0: listening to you adam i feel very pessimistic about the future this whole marketplace out there the, with uh, cyber criminals which i guess they're all over the world they're not or are they just located in just one area of the world
1: They're located definitely all over the world. I was actually in a forum yesterday that was doing lots of things associated with Nigerian 419 scams. That's not even associated with the point of sale stuff, at least not directly. It's definitely something that attention needs to be paid to it. I don't think being overly pessimistic, you know, is everything evolves forwards so you know there's always going to be new attack surfaces that people can work for and the same way that on the side of of protection of of trying to block this stuff we grow more sophisticated we find better ways to detect stuff we use you know ideas of big data and large global detection to look at patterns and figure out how to block things faster you just have to be aware that the bad guys are growing in sophistication as well often you hear the idea that some aspect of security is a quote-unquote solved problem. If it were a solved problem, then you wouldn't have the bad guys still in that particular market area. Everything evolves. as time passes, we will grow more sophisticated. The bad guys will grow more sophisticated. We'll be able to work with police forces in order to get the bad guys where they live, but we'll also be able to protect their, their basic activities. Thanks, Adam. Thank you.
0: I've been speaking with Adam Wasotowski of McAfee Labs for Information Security Media Group.
1: I'm Eric Chabrow. Thanks for listening.